This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It seems like pretty much everybody logged on to dating apps over the last couple of years. That doesn't mean everybody likes searching for love online. Unlike the early days of the pandemic, we don't have to limit our social interactions to screens to stay safe. So what's the best way to meet someone new in real life? Our next guest wrote all about this in her latest article for Self Magazine. Joining us is Amanda Chattel. She's a freelance writer covering sexual wellness and relationships. Welcome to Reset, Amanda. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So we're going to talk all about the reasons that dating apps fall short. But first, let's talk about some of the reasons so many of us download them in the first place, Amanda. What is it that makes them so attractive? I think it's because it's so easy. They're literally in the palm of your hand. And you can just spend hours swiping, 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 swiping. And it's just the convenience of them. That's why we're all mm -hmm. sort of addicted. Yeah. And like I said, it's pretty COVID safe, right? To Oh, yeah, absolutely. Use technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it sounds like there are definitely some times when online dating can be super successful. I've even been successful in the past, I would say. Uh, I wonder if you've ever used a dating app, Amanda, and what your experiences uh, have been like. Yes, I well actually yesterday I deleted um I deleted Bumble and Tinder yesterday, but I oh. delete them at least. But I I delete them at least once a month. I get frustrated. <laughs> um the thing is but yeah. I still have happen, which is um cuz I'm currently living in Barcelona and because I'm a writer and work from home, the only way I can actually meet men um, is through dating apps, but it just gets to the point where I get really frustrated and I delete a bunch of them and I swear them off. And then like two weeks goes by and I'm like, that urge to swipe comes back again. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Or it's, it's either that, or for me, it was when I'd go on them, I'd say, all right, I'm only going on this for three weeks. And if nothing happens in three weeks, I'm done. <laughs> so I would sort of set the expectation from the very start. Um, there's one thing that you mentioned in your article, super interesting. Uh, you talk about, you know, uh, meeting romantic partners in real life is what we actually did for centuries, right? Before this technology advanced to this point. And I just found that funny because it feels like we're now this generation that's just so used to meeting people online. You think it's going to be hard to go back? You know, I was thinking about that. Um, I was talking about it with my best friend who actually inspired the whole article because we went to the beach a few weeks ago and he looked at me and he said, Amanda, I'm not leaving this beach until I go up to a woman and introduce myself and ask her out. I'm like, okay, good luck with that, buddy. And, um, <laughs> and he did it. He went up and he wasn't creepy about it. He, you know, he kept like, his space from her. So, you know, he wasn't smothering. He was very respectful. And they talked for an hour on the beach and they exchanged numbers and they're going out to dinner tomorrow night. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have the ovaries to do that, but he was able to do it. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know if some of us will be able to go back to the way like our parents and grandparents met. Um, I feel like if anything, it's just probably going to get more and more digital as the future progresses, mm -hmm. which is a, a kind of a scary thought, but that's how I just feel how it's going to go. You know, it seems like so much of the dissatisfaction with, with online dating comes from the lack of follow-up, right? Because, you know, basically 
getting ghosted after just texting back and forth a few times or never even getting to the point where you schedule that date. Are you hearing stories like that? Yes. Uh, that is always a huge complaint with, uh, all of my friends who use dating apps. Um, you match somebody and you say, hello, they never respond. They don't unmatch you, but they never respond. Or you'll have mm -hmm. a couple of back and forths and you'll say, Hey, we should get a drink. And it just never happens. But the interesting thing is, especially for my, uh, straight female friends, it's almost like the straight guys are out there just collecting matches for their ego. They don't actually act on the matches and don't actually initiate conversation or dates. It's just almost like they collect them. Yeah. It's strange. You're you're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, that is freelance writer Amanda Chattel. She covers sexual wellness and relationships. And we're talking about how the pandemic's kind of brought so many of us into the world of online dating. But out of sheer frustration with these apps, it might be time to try meeting our mates in person instead. Now, in a few minutes, we want you to join this conversation because we know you've got a lot to share you can give us a call with your dating tips or questions at 866-915-WBEZ. A couple of experts will join us then, and they'll be able to answer your questions at 866-915-WBEZ. Uh, you know, in your article, you write, Amanda, about potential red flags that people can pick up in person, but they just can't get from an online profile. Talk about that. Well, yeah, so... When you meet somebody in person, you can see how they interact with other people, um, especially, I mean, if, you, if you're if you out and about and you see somebody treating somebody, I always have to watch my language, treating somebody like crap, um, then you immediately get a sense of like, this is not somebody I want to go out on a date with. Whereas like, you're not going to get that on a dating profile. Or if somebody has weird quirks, like they pick their nose, which I actually saw a man do on a date uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> Grown man pick his nose. Like you don't know if they're a nose picker on their on their dating app profile because nobody lists that. Um, so you just you get to wow. see how somebody interacts. Well, I mean, maybe some people list it. It could be a thing. I don't know. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of how people interact in the world and how they carry themselves that you just can't get from a profile. Yeah. Well, you know what? Your article for self is titled how to meet someone without online dating. So as I mentioned in a few moments, we're going to hear from a couple of dating coaches on this. You're going to stick around as well, Amanda, but just start us off with a, a quick list of, of some of the ways you write about to uh, approach this, to approach meeting people in person. Well, some of the big ways were, um, well, switching up your usual routine, uh, maybe trying to go to a different gym. Uh, like I know in New York, you join like one uh, gym and there's, you know, multiple gyms all over the, uh, I've never joined a gym. So that's why I'm kind of stuttering as I'm trying to explain this. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, New York Sports Club, there's a whole bunch of them all over the city. So you go to the one on the west side as opposed to the one on the east side or you, you know, open up the idea in your mind to go to meetups or go to, instead of going to your local bar where everybody knows your name, you go to another bar and sit down at the bar and have a glass of wine. I have found, right. um, as a, as a woman who 
I've traveled all over the world by myself, being alone and sitting at a bar having a glass of wine immediately opens me up to conversations with men. I mean, sometimes they end up being creepy and sometimes they end up being gentlemen. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. You don't need a Wi-Fi connection to find a love connection. All right, I'll cut out the corniness, but seriously, today we're digging into how to meet someone off the apps and websites if you're like the many people who are just over digital dating. And we've got a panel of relationship experts to help us out. Joining us now is Bella Gandhi. Bella is a dating coach and the founder of Smart Dating Academy. She also hosts the Smart Dating Academy podcast. Welcome back, Bella. Hi, so nice to be here, Sasha. Dating and relationship therapist Anita Chapala is here too. Hi, Anita. Thanks for joining. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me. And still with us is Amanda Chattel, a freelance writer covering sexual wellness and relationships. That number for you to join the conversation if you are in need of a little advice about dating off the apps is 866-915-WBEZ. All right, I'm going to dive right in. Bella, when it comes to dating in person, Amanda and I were talking about, you know, getting out of your routine, uh, being open to finding that person and showing that you're open, uh, stepping out of your comfort zone. What is your take on this? Why is that so important? I mean, it's important for all of us. It's uncomfortable for so many of us to meet new people, especially coming out of the pandemic, right? So many people are saying, my gosh, I'm feeling anxious. I've forgotten how to talk to people. Just know that most most singles are in the same boat and almost 48% of American adults are singles. So if you find yourself a little scared of doing this, but you dipped your toe back into the dating pool, one of the best things to do is to plan an active date, low stakes, short and sweet. Go for a walk in your own neighborhood, grab coffee, grab tea. You don't have to do it around alcohol. And studies show that when we're side by side, for example, on a walk, we tend to have more authentic intimate conversations because you don't feel the gaze of a stranger boring right into you. Right, right. You know, Anita, one of my family members is is trying to get back out there uh, after taking several years off from dating. And uh, not only is she, you know, currently subscribed to multiple apps, which I had to teach her about because she was not around when this stuff, you know, first got uh, popular, but she's also taken up a new hobby, which is joining a, a jewelry making class. Do you think that's a good strategy, being on the apps and kind of stepping out into these this new world? Yeah, I definitely recommend to my clients to do both. Try to meet people in real life and use the dating apps as well. Because with the dating apps, at least it could put you uh, in, you know, connect you with people that you normally wouldn't meet. And, I mean, for your family member, I mean, jewelry making is great. Um, I don't know how many you know, single people are there looking for someone, but at least, you know, they have an opportunity to make some friendships that then could, you know, turn into other opportunities to meet someone in real life. So I think that's a great idea. Let's jump to the phone lines. Shahab is waiting in Logan Square. Hi, Shahab. Welcome to Reset. Hey, what's good? What's up with you? Are you on these apps or what? What what do you think? No, no, no. My wife would be so mad. Um, (laughs) But, uh, no, we just got married. We did, but but actually, it's funny. We, that's how we met. We met through one of these apps, um, and I, I would say that a lot of my friends will gravitate more toward online dating in part because 
Um, you know, we've been told, and we agree, we're 100% agreement, it is creepy to be out and be a – so if somebody's out at the gym, like uh, uh, one of the people on the show said something about going to a different gym. Well, we should just not be hitting on people at the gym. We've been told that so many times that we just now, like, that's an accepted rule. Like, I, when, when I was at the gym and when I was single, I would look down at the floor. I would make it a point not to even look at people. Um, <laughs> right. I don't want yeah. to be that dude, you know? Um, so I think there's – they're, uh, getting out and meeting people in person, they're spot on. I think that's a fantastic idea. But, like, through those, like, those activity or adventure uh, 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 outings and that sort of thing, and and meeting for drinks instead of going for a, a meal or a show or a whatever, mm-hmm. where you're locked in for, like, two hours, because you can go and get a drink. And even if it's not an alcoholic drink, like my wife, we met for, we met for coffee or for tea or whatever, and... Um, and then we're just like, oh, yeah, no, we're good. And then we, you know, and then having, like, longer dates was a lot easier after that. But Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it, it takes the pressure off for sure. Yeah, no, thanks for calling, Shahabi, and congrats on your, your marriage as well. Uh, let's jump now to Larissa, who's waiting in Glenview. Hey, Larissa. Hi. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm actually trying to figure out a solution to the exact same problem. I've been frustrated <laughs> When I was dating, everything you're saying is right on. And when I was just after my divorce, I was really trying to, like, practice smiling at people out in public, right? And mm-hmm. what does this feel like? How how do mm-hmm. I exist as a single person? And no one was paying attention. Like, even when I was trying to put vibes out there or make something comfortable happen, not creepy, just a conversation, the men weren't comfortable, like, I don't know. Like I, I, he looked at me, they looked at me and then they looked past me. Like, who is she smiling uh, at me? What am I allowed to oh approach boy. her? Is there, so because we're not on the app, right. If, if you find someone on the app, you know that it's kind of like a green light to connect with them in person. Maybe they're married and they aren't wearing a ring. Maybe, you know, ah, they really aren't yes. approachable. So this see whole safety saying. in public uh, for singles is, is a bigger issue. Like even people that I talk to in my group, I have a meetup group. I, um, it's, uh, yeah, mindful dating and dating IRL on meetup, but mm-hmm. I'm starting dating IRL.net, which is going to be in-person meetups for singles where you can approach people naturally. I have kind mm-hmm. of curated events so that you're there, That's you're great. meeting friendship focused, very casual, um, really great people in our group. We meet up in Northbrook Glenview area on a regular basis. We've had over a hundred events and just great people are coming out. That's a but... great, great idea. Yeah. You know, I want to throw Larissa's questions uh, to to you folks here. Amanda, you know, Larissa brings up the smiling issue. So she has, you know, she's experienced it in, in a different way where it's like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe I seem weird smiling, <laughs> smiling at folks. You know, am I just being friendly or do I want to date? And for me in the past, I've been just like in situations where I'm just simply walking down the street and men would say, you know, you should smile more, you know, it's like, but what if I don't feel like smiling in that moment? Am I just now closing myself off to meeting someone new? Is that what's happening? I don't think so, honestly. Um, I, having lived in New York for 15 years, I have been told by men, smile, don't you have something to smile about? Blah, blah, blah. And, but I think if you're just naturally smiling on your own, it's much different. 
And I also feel like, I, I, I feel like if you smile, you look approachable, but if somebody's telling you to smile, then it's, it's almost like a, I yeah. don't know. It, it, it just, it, it puts you in a very uncomfortable situation. And although like, I mean, I totally applaud her for walking down the street, smiling at everybody. I don't know if I could possibly I know. Do I, I'm like, <laughs> okay, Larissa, you go girl. You know, and, yeah. and, and Bella, speaking of Larissa, so, so she's come up with this idea. She's, she's launching this, this meetup group. Yeah. But I want to talk to you about fear of rejection, right? Because that fear of rejection, that can truly hinder the human interaction. Share some tips on how we can work through this. You know, I think what's important, every human being at their core, right, we're all terrified of rejection because rejection can lead to loneliness, sadness, feelings of abandonment, right? We know that we're all on that same wavelength, right? So here's here's what I tell my clients at Smart Dating Academy about reframing rejection. You want to date someone who's a great match for you, and this is key, where you adore this person and they adore you back. So now if someone says you're not a good match, they're not right for you because they don't meet that rubric. Don't personalize the rejection. Move on and keep going, right? I, I tell them it's like if you were fired from a job, you wouldn't stay in bed from the, for the rest of your life and say, I was rejected, I'm unemployable. You'd lick your wounds, you'd get back out there, and you'd find yourself mm -hmm. a better job where you're appreciated and valued. So, so much of rejection is in our heads, and it goes around the stories that we tell ourselves. Tell yourself the better story. Yeah, that's such good advice. All right, this next one's going to be for you, Anita. Here is a caller who's been waiting, Deborah in Evanston. Hey, Deborah, welcome to Reset. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited. Um, I would like for, I appreciate all the comments. I'm 72 years young, and I'm old school. I really, you know, I'd like a friendship. I'd like to meet, you know, someone in person. I've tried dating apps, and men my age uh, are often, more often than not, looking for someone like 10 years younger than them. And mm -hmm. their description of who they want is like so, uh, like, I don't even think I could be that person. <laughs> uh, I see. I, you know, I, I, I like my, yep. but the, the description sometimes are like, just who are they looking for? So, <laughs> who, who is this so, dream woman he's got in mind? I yeah, hear you. I hear yeah, you. So, okay, let's let's uh, have you tackle this one, Anita. Deborah wants to know, you know, suggestions for dating for older women. She's seventy-two. Yeah, I mean, people can be really dismissive on the apps. They have really narrow filters. They have unrealistic expectations. And so, although I would still recommend that she stays on the apps because there could be the one or two anomalies who have more realistic expectations, I would really recommend that she focuses on uh, things that she's interested in in person and she can meet men in real life. Uh, so I don't know if she has, you know, hobbies like tennis or if, you know, things that are important to her, like if she wants an active lifestyle, uh, maybe she goes to a gym or, you know, some kind of a country club or something that she can, you know, be a part of and meet people that way. Yeah, that, that is such a such a good point. Do you have anything to add, Anita, about that fear of rejection conversation we were just 
having I mean, is it just a fact that we just all need to know how to flirt now in order to make better in-person connections with people well i think um even the first couple of callers i think the there's too much pressure that singles put on the initial conversation and so i think people need to stop thinking oh i need a date or i need to get a number and instead think about, okay, can I have a decent conversation with this person? Because yes, I mean, I think a lot of men, at least in heterosexual relationships or as they're dating, are terrified of coming across as a creeper. And so that could take some of that you know, pressure. You might have a little bit more of a relaxed attitude if you go in with, I'm just going to strike up a conversation and see if we have other things in common besides maybe drinking wine at a bar or you know, lifting weights at the gym. And then rejection is yeah. a huge uh, problem with my clients where they take everything personally. And so the beauty of my job is I get to talk to clients about why they did the rejecting. And so, you know, I talk with my clients about sometimes it's not about you. You know, they might not be in the, uh, in the right spot to date. Not everybody on the app is looking for a serious relationship. Like as I think Amanda True. had mentioned, some people might be on there just for an ego boost. And dating is a process where the whole point of it is to find a mutual fit. And so it's okay if someone doesn't decide that you're a fit for them. It has to be a two-way process. And one of the best ways to avoid really going down a rabbit hole of negativity is to not tie dating success with your self-worth. Mm -hmm. I read another article recently. This one was uh, in The Atlantic. Uh, it was talking about the benefits of dating your friends with you know with friends you already have a close friendship built in right which can be the foundation for something much more i wonder what your take is on this strategy don't yeah, all jump in at once i can tell you this is about, go ahead i i ended up i look if there was someone who liked red flaggy bad people that was me like i was always like i attract bad people. No, I looked at myself. The common denominator in all the messes was me. And I was accepting people that didn't want what I wanted, that weren't giving me what I needed. And I sat down mm -hmm. and I did this analysis, which is the foundation for what we do with our clients today, which it's like, who are the people in my life that make me happiest? And the number one person was my male best friend. We started dating a year later. We just celebrated our 25-year wedding anniversary in May. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so it can work, right? The core of most amazing long-term relationships is a deep friendship. And that's yeah. what keeps you attached after the honeymoon phase and what's super exciting yes. and you're, you know, kind of multiplying like rabbits, you know what I mean? But then it changes to that safe, attached feeling. And ultimately, yes. when you are there for each other, you're each other's cheerleaders, you're supportive, you're kind to each other, you're reliable. That is the foundation for a great friendship and relationship. For sure. I just, I just want someone that I can just, I can stand being around, you know, when we're not doing anything special, we just, we can just vibe. The conversation just flows because you know me, I know you, we're, we're friends. Right, Anita? Yes. I mean, I think there were some studies done that happily married couples, uh, like 85 to 90 percent of them consider each other to be their best friend. So it is a significant piece. Uh, and the friendship, like when I work with my couples, 
you know, when they get into those inevitable, you know, ups and downs, uh, and there, if there is negativity, I always look at the friendship, and that's what I target first is to rebuild that and nurture that because yeah. that offsets a lot of um, you know, some of the inevitable conflicts that, you know, long-term couples have to go through. Gosh, we could talk about this all day, but we're just about out of time. Amanda, anything you can tease upcoming as far as articles? Any other relationship topics you're digging into? Uh, actually, yes. Um, to go along Real quick. with red flags, uh, I'm working on two different pieces. One is on green flags to be aware of and pink flags to be aware of, in case you haven't Ooh. heard of pink flags yet. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm going to have to have you back. <laughs> I knew I was opening a can of worms there. That's freelance sexual wellness writer Amanda Tattel and Chicago dating experts Anita Chapala and Bella Gandhi. Thank you all. Great advice. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.